Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Woo-wee! How'd you like that new intro? It's exciting. I think it gets everybody pumped up and it gets us pumped up. So let's dive right into it. Yeah, I'm Mike Graham, uh, joined as always by Brian Navarrete, and this is the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we have a lot to get to today. Two teams are still alive in the uh, boys' basketball tournament. They're at the state level now. Uh, Borden County squared off with Nazareth earlier this morning. The results are on LoneStarVarsity.com. And then Seminole gets going uh, with the game against Dallas Carter in the Class 4A uh, state semifinals. And that game will be played Friday at 1.30 p.m. at San Antonio's Alamo Dome. And later on in the show, we'll be joined by Seminole head coach, David Williams. That was a really good interview. Looking forward to everyone hearing it. Definitely. I think he breaks down pretty much what Dallas Carter is going to bring to the table Friday night perfectly. Um, you know, you'll hear from him later, but we'll kind of talk about it now. They play like Estacado. They kind of mirror the Matadors and what they're able to do, which is play fast. Yeah, no doubt. And, and uh, I, I think just they're excited about the opportunity to kind of sort of, in a way, loosely rematch Estacado, having lost to uh, the Matadors in both their district games. There are only two district losses, uh, and as such, there are only two losses since non-district play ended up to this point in time. So I think they're ready to see how they, uh, how they handle a full-court press once again, even though it's not Estacado, even though it might be an even more athletic Dallas Carter team. They feel pretty good about their chances working against it. And I think uh – that confidence comes from what they were able to do at the regional tournament. If you look at their first night, that was a close game. Uh, they had to really fend off uh, their opponent, and it came out with a win. You know, when we talk about them defensively, uh, you know, obviously they're missing one of their more pressure guys in Cade Barnard, which we'll, again, talk about later. But defensively, they were able to do some things big there towards the end of the tournament. And in the second day, they just I, – I think they kind of ran away with that one a little mm-hmm. bit and were able to do some big things. And that that in itself, I think, has built some confidence up in Seminole. Yeah, really looking forward to that game. But we'll go back now to, to Borden County. Obviously, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, but by the time you hear it, that game will be over because it's a 10 a.m. game um, against Nazareth. I mean, and these teams were – 23-2, and two, Borden County, only two losses all season, got a, got a late start. And I remember I was there for their first game of the season, which they lost, only have lost one out of their last 24, pretty impressive. But Nazareth, I mean, that's a great athletics program, just like Borden County. Should be a really interesting game. Um, and the, like we said, the results are on LoneStarVarsity.com. But, I mean, let's just talk about the Coyotes. This is their fifth consecutive appearance at a state setting when you factor in that they've been to and won two state football championships and they made an appearance in the baseball uh, tournament. And, and regardless of whether they won or lost this game, they're going to be transitioning to baseball, have an opportunity to make it six consecutive state setting uh, appearances before calling it a graduation. I think the greatest thing we could talk about right now, you know, with the game having been done already, uh, is the program in general and the success that they've had over the last couple of years, um, you know, in football, basketball, baseball, uh, track, you know, we don't, we never bring that up, but their track uh, program did really well last year too. Uh, just across the board and the coaching staff out there has done a really good job. Um, I think whenever you look at the game or 
Well, yeah, obviously it's done, but these two programs are programs that I think have paved the way for the future uh, athletes in terms of, you know, state appearances and a success. I think so too. And Borden County has been in this position before. They've won multiple state championships across the board. And some years are obviously better than others. And, and you're very reliant on talented players uh, when, when you, you know, when, when depth is so limited at the 1A level. But what I think it definitely does is inspires people that are in their formative years to, to follow in your footsteps. Like I might give football a try because they win and it looks like fun same with basketball and same with baseball at Borden County and we just, we don't I mean we don't even know about the underclassmen you know this has been um, a very senior dominated basketball team I think we're going to learn a lot about them when they transition into baseball because they have a lot of newcomers that they're going to be dependent on definitely uh, I think some underclassmen are going to step up in the years to come uh, like I said earlier this is a program that's pretty much paved the way for future success and uh the coaching staff has done a great job with them trey ritchie bubba edwards you know just to name two of them but they they're doing a good job out there and um yeah i think i i foresee them following through to friday but we'll we'll see online (laughs) now seminole they've made the tournament before and they've done some nice things in the tournament but this is their first appearance since 1999 and a pretty special group of, of players playing for them you know you start with texas offensive uh tackle commit reese moore he's a guy that um is he knows he's playing his final competitive basketball games here in this setting uh one regional tournament mvp honors with a double double in the championship game against abilene wiley and, and then uh, i mean they they overcame their loss of Cade Barnard, who has a ligament injury and got the pins removed uh, just on Wednesday. Uh, they, they overcame that with uh, Jalen Bratton. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm going to kind of list them off. The group of kids that have made this run, I think, possible. Carter Johnson, Carter Larimore, Clayton Medlin, Jalen Bratton, Reese Moore. I, I think those four are your main uh, contributors on any night but you know they had some people in the tournament come off the bench and really contribute maybe not offensively but defensively so uh with those four and uh i think um a a formidable off the bench player here and there they're gonna do really well at the tournament i think but jalen bratton coming in you know he's a sophomore but he doesn't play like a sophomore if anybody's had the opportunity to see him play (laughs) He plays like he's been there for years. Yeah, he he plays a, like a senior, and he looks like a senior. Yeah, no doubt. He's a six-seven forward as a sophomore. I think that there are going to be some schools that are very interested in him down the road, and I think they're going Definitely. to be more major than, than less major. Uh, he is an impressive player. He was my MVP of the championship game, you know, 20 points, and just led them. Uh, great free throw shooter, too, and, and that obviously becomes important when you get to this kind of setting. And even back to the regional tournament setting where the margins aren't very wide anymore. I mean, a lot of times it comes down to can you make your free throws or not. By the way, if uh, Seminole advances past Dallas Carter, they will play either defending 4A state champion Silsby. That's from around the Beaumont area or Somerset. And with all that said, I mean, I think it's time to to look at the Dallas-Lincoln game. 
And now we're joined by head coach uh, of Seminole, uh, David Williams. He's on the bus actually right now on the road to San Antonio. And, and coach, it's, it, it's got to be like the uh, best bus ride of all time going down to the state tournament and, and, and getting, ready for the sh- getting ready for the show. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'll tell you what, we, we go to San Antonio every year as coaches to watch all of the, all of the action. And, you know, you, you sit there and you dream about uh, getting to be down there in the action and having a team actually playing. And so it's just kind of surreal for, for the coaches and I and, and for the kids, you know. So uh, we just got out of San Angelo about halfway there. So, it, you know, you can, you, you can just kind of get more and more excited the, the closer we get. You know, kind of looking at it all, what are some of the biggest obstacles that you guys have overcome heading, you know, into this tournament? Well, you know, I, I think it just started, you know, we basically have had four different teams this year. You know, we, uh, our football team, you know, was, was really good this year. And we had a lot of guys uh, that, that, that are on our basketball team that played football. And, you know, they had a really nice run. And so while you're, you know, that's such a blessing to watch those football guys go, you know, it it kind of puts you behind the eight ball because, you know, we have a pretty tough schedule early on. And so, uh, you know, we, we played with our off-season guys, and then uh, then the football guys get there, and then we had some injuries, and then uh, we kind of started rolling uh, around the Whataburger around Christmas time. And then, uh, you know, Cade, our, our point guard, Cade Barnard, who's a great football player, he's going to go to West Point and uh, play football out there. He uh, has torn a, a – a, tendon in his wrist and so we kind of found all of this out right before district so we really had to shuffle the deck and I think probably that was our biggest obstacle this year was just you know uh having to deal with the loss of him and and how we were going to be able to uh run that point guard spot and uh you know but the but the thing about these kids is that they're they're so unselfish and, and so resilient all the different things that have come our way uh you know Carter Laramore who typically plays the uh, forward for us. He stepped into that point guard role, role and, you know, he, he's just done a great job of, of doing what we need to do. You know, he's going to go to Trinity and play basketball out there next year. And so, you know, we just told him, I said, this is, this is what we're going to have to do, and, he, and he's done it. And the kids have just jumped on board. So I'm just super proud of them and their, their perseverance through this year. I wanted to dive into to Cade's situation a little more because, uh, you know, some people have said that on the high school level, he's just as capable at basketball as, as he is um, at, at football. Um, can you tell me about how much stronger you think this team would be if you had Cade? Well, you know, the best thing about Cade is he helps us so much against the press. You know, he just he, he has a presence about him. He's real strong with the ball. And, you know, when, when he first moved to Seminole, you know, but I, th- I think he was more uh, interested in basketball than he was football. And, and you know, his uh, uh, the thing is he's just become such an asset to the football team. I mean, uh, you know, he's won multiple awards and so forth. And, you know, he, he, he's just – the thing about Kate is he's just a winner. I mean, you know, whether he's doing one-act play or tiddlywinks, I mean, that guy's going to get after you. And so uh, that that's kind of the hardest thing about missing him on the floor. But here's the thing about Cade. He hasn't been absent. I mean, he, he, he comes to the games and he still, you know, motivates these guys. He's still a leader, even though he can't be on the floor. And, and you know, that that's that's why West Point wants him, because he's that kind of a kid. He's he's going to do things uh, a lot more important than just play basketball down the road. So, uh, you know, we're just we're just fortunate he's been a part of our team. You know, he's kind of one of your younger players, but Jalen Bratton, can you talk a little bit about what he added to the team this year and what he's been able to do? 
you know, Jalen is is such a good basketball player. I mean, he's got a really, <clears throat> really nice touch for a big man. He can shoot the ball. That was one of the things we were most excited about when he came. He isn't just a back-to-the-basket kind of a player. Um, but he gives us so much depth. I mean, you know, when, when you come to play us, obviously – you know, Reese Moore, who's a returning All-State player, you know, he, he's a he's a handful. And so you, you do all you can to scheme around Reese. And then on the other side, you've got Jalen, who's 6'7", and can shoot, you know, that little short-range jumper, and he can even hit the three. I mean, he's just – it makes it a very difficult guard uh, for us or for other teams to try to guard us. And so, you know, Jalen – you know, we call him the walking double-double. I mean, he walks out on the floor, he's going to get 10 boards and 10 points, and, you know, and, and probably more. So, he, and he's a great kid. And, and so, you know, we're just real blessed to have him as a part of our team this year to give us that depth. So you're going to face Dallas Carter on, on Friday afternoon. Can you tell me about your initial impressions of them uh, just when you flip on the film, some of the things that jump out about that team uh, right off the what? bat? You know, definitely, uh, you know, and I've, and I've talked a lot about this, and I've talked to Tony Wagner over at Estacado, but that's who they remind us of, you know, Estacado, uh, uh, you know, the way that they play, because they're going to be up in your face, they're not going to let you get anything easy, um, they're going to try to, you know, pressure you on the inbounds, they're, gonna, they're just going to stay after the entire game, they play with a lot of energy, and so, you know, it's going to be, you know, we're the complete opposite of that. You know, we're a slow down, set up, get the ball inside kind of team. And so a lot of times in games like this, it just comes down to who's going to impose their will uh, over the other team. And, uh, you know, I, I think Carter's a really good team. They've got a little bit better uh, overall size maybe than Estacado does. Um, but uh, as far as the way they play, you know, they, they, they do a really good job out there. And I mean, they beat Dallas Lincoln to get to the – to the state tournament, so that says something right there. Do you think that your experiences with Estacado are, are going to come in handy uh, in this particular matchup? Well, I think they will, particularly for, for our guards, you know, because um, they're going to be used to that pressure. They're going to know what that's going to feel like. Um, you know, the, the thing that we've told these kids is that this t- this year is just a process. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting better every game. You know, basically our team and the chemistry that we have you know, it didn't start till the first district game um, because, you know, we lost Cade right. I mean, the game before district, he played the Andrews game right before district and, you know, had a, a phenomenal game, but he just kept complaining about his wrist. So, you know, the, the kids have really have really matured a lot in how they handle the press and how they're handling the pressure. And, uh, you know, we lost Estacada at Estacada by five, and I believe Reese fell out in that game, you know. Uh, so, you know, we like our chances, and and, and, and honestly, I, I think if Escada played Carter, I think it. I, I mean, I think that's a toss-up. Coach Williams, we really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on with us. Hey, you bet. Thanks for having us. Yeah, that was a really good interview. Uh, lots of good stuff from Coach Williams, and and really looking forward to seeing them play on Friday. Definitely, uh, and I believe we'll have a preview coming out Friday from Mike Graham as well. So check out Lone Star Varsity and Lubbock Online for that. And, uh, you know, kind of transitioning here over, um, we got some baseball going on. Yeah, really big tournament in town uh, put on by uh, First Bank. It's the First Bank Classic, and it's a, really an alliance of the Lubbock ISD teams, all four high schools, plus their uh, partners at Lubbock Cooper and Friendship all hosting games. So it's, it's a big tournament. I mean, there, there are a lot of teams from not this area coming in to be a part of it, and I think that the coaches are, are very proud of, of the work that, that has been put into this because – Lubbock hasn't really 
in recent, I guess in, through history, hasn't been an ideal destination for March baseball. You know, it's cooler up here than most of the state this time of year normally. Um, but the facilities have improved. They've got some good backers, and, and they've got a lot of good teams coming in. Uh, just some that you you might be surprised to learn are coming are Colleyville Heritage from the Metroplex. You've got any big name El Paso school coming this way. And then Waco Midway's coming all the way up from Central Texas to this. And that's a program that's literally good at everything, you know, coming off a uh, football uh, state championship game appearance. By the time this comes out, this game might already be over, but I think Cooper drew the straw with getting Waco Midway in the first game of the Classic. But uh, just a quick you know, note on this area in general and everybody who contributes to these tournaments. I'm talking Cap Rock. I'm talking this First Bank Classic, everything. They did a really good job in the last couple of years in putting together some premier tournaments. Uh, they're a lot of fun to get out to, and you know the participation is awesome. But what are some matchups that you're kind of looking at that you're really excited to see the outcome? I got a great game last night, by the way, uh, Tuesday night, mm-hmm. Monterey. Lubbock Cooper yeah. walk off there in the seventh. A District Four Five A game, so it's it's kind of an, an interesting situation for all the Five As uh, that are part of Lubbock ISD plus Cooper. They've already played a game that counts towards their playoff standings, and now they're hopping right back out for more tournament games. So that's that's an interesting adjustment for for those teams. Well, I'll tell you the game that I'm most excited about, and it's actually it's a, it's the seven p.m. game Thursday at Coronado High School, and it's Colleyville Heritage at the Mustangs, and I like this game for about four different reasons. One, it's a rematch of a really fun state uh, regional quarterfinal game between Heritage and and Coronado, where, I mean, like there were 48 points scored in the third quarter alone of the game, and Coronado busted through and became the first LISD team to go to the fourth round since the 1970s. there are a lot of carryovers from from that football team going up against each other, including uh, the quarterbacks from Heritage. So you know that they, they've they've got something to prove. It's a rematch of a four to three baseball game that they played just last week in Arlington at the Arlington tournament. Uh, Coronado fell short in that one. You know that they would like to uh, prove themselves in a, in a rematch game against uh, Heritage. And uh, another reason is just. One of my best friends, his uh, uncle, is the uh, skipper for Heritage, so I'm excited to see him after the game. A lot of fun reasons to get out to this game. Uh, What I like is kind of the rivalry that builds within a season. Maybe they're not rivals over, you know, seasons like most will, but these kids have seen each other, and it creates a rivalry within a season. Yeah, they've seen each other enough this year, that's for sure. And uh, just it's going to be interesting for Heritage. They've got to play Permian in, a, in that, I guess, a, a true neutral site game at 4 p.m. Coronado's going to play Permian at 1 p.m. So basically it's like a doubleheader for all these teams. But Coronado gets to split theirs up with a break. You think that factors in at all in a, in a baseball game? Um, it might in terms of just getting some rest, getting a couple of hours to, you know, kind of let it rest for a little bit. But you know what I think uh, or what I like about these tournaments is that when you look at how many games you have to play within, you know, a certain time period, you're having to go deep in your pitching staff. And that's just going to be beneficial in what you're able to find or what you're able to prove come district and playoff time, especially with the pitch count uh, playing into all this. Right. I mean, no starter can go over 110 pitches, and I think that's over like a three-day window. Well, guess what? This tournament's three days. So you're, you're gonna, you might see some interesting combinations if, if there's a big inning for, for the opposing team. Um, I'm excited for Estacado 
which is, is finding its footing. It's the only 4A team in this. I mean, this is a 5A, 6A tournament. It's got to be good for them to get this experience. I think so. I think in the last couple of years, Estacado has always been um, fairly decent in baseball. Yeah, they, they've got um, El Paso Americas, El Paso Socorro. Then they move on to Colleyville Heritage, uh, El Dorado, and then uh, they get Permian to, to close out the weekend. So, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a stacked little schedule for them there. And every team in this tournament is guaranteed five games. And, and going back to your point about pitching, just you're going to be consistent at something. And, and whether that's bad or good is up to you. And, and that's, I think, we talked a lot about that at the luncheon today, that teams are just looking for positive consistency from their lineup. And, and the emphasis on that was in batting. Definitely. you got to get the lineup sorted out by district time. Obviously, some people have started district, but uh, the lineup's got to be solid by the time you're at the end of district and heading into playoffs. you got to be confident in who you're sending to the plate. Um, back to Estacado a little bit. You know, uh, Mark Giannis, the coach out there, he does he did a really good job with the team last year, and they return a pretty good pitcher in both Sims, which everybody probably remembers from being quarterback for Estacado football team. Mm-hmm. One guy that he uh, credits as a, as a huge leader for his team, very small senior class at Estacado this season, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. You know, right now, kind of tough, and you have to find your footing, and you got to do it ahead of uh, district play. But there are dividends later on, maybe not this year, but moving on in the future, you will get a senior-laden lineup, and that's where you can do your most damage. Definitely. It's going to be a good tournament. I recommend you know people to get out and really uh, support these kids and uh, everything that they're going to be doing in these next three days, well, Thursday, Friday, day, Saturday. And then one more team, just real quickly, um, Lovett Cooper. You know, this is a stacked team. I mean, this has three Division One signees on it, and their schedule is no joke. Like we said, they have Midway, they've got El Paso Montwood, they've got Permian, and then they're going to close with Plainview. So that's a that's a nice little lineup for them. That's a, I mean, all these teams have uh, recent baseball success. Definitely, and I'm looking forward to the results. Uh, as soon as you know this thing gets started, the first pitch is thrown, but. With that, I think uh, we're, we're going to get a little rest before we dive into this tournament ourselves. You're exactly right. Yeah, two tournaments, boys basketball and, and the uh, First Bank Classic this weekend. So it's a really good time. Uh, we encourage you to uh, check out the, uh, the Seminole game that's going on Friday and then obviously to go out and, and catch baseball because, I mean, you have an infinite amount of opportunities this weekend. Yes, and we'll have all that coverage online, um, you know, all nights. And, uh, yeah, just visit LubbockOnline.com and we'll get it going. So with that, I'm Mike Graham. He's Brian Navarrete. This is the Lone Star Varsity Podcast, and we'll talk to you again next week.